Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. Um, my name is Dan Huff from Twickenham CC and this evening I'm really pleased to welcome um, three fine souls to the pod. First up, Sal and Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. Good evening, Dan. How are you? You all okay? I'm very well, thank you. Marvellous, marvellous. And two, um, two guys from well, one of the revelations of the County League over the last couple of years, uh, and that's, that's Crouch End. First up, we have um, Hiran Desai. Hiran, how are you? Good evening, Dan. Thank you for having us on. Always a pleasure. And secondly, um, Pratik Patel, his vice captain. Pratik, how's things? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, just to echo what uh, Hiran said, absolute pleasure to, to be on the show. And um, yeah, super excited to take part. Good stuff. Well, it's really, really good to have you on because um, we, we said in, in previous pods that there's quite a tradition in the county league of, of sides coming through from the championship and, and doing well. And your club epitomises that. You know, another fantastic season. Um, you'll be playing Premier League cricket next year. Um, and I'll talk to you, you know, a bit about that in a few moments. Interested to hear what you're, you're anticipating. Um, but first up, can you give us just a bit of a bit of background about Crouch End's last five or six years? Where, where have you come from? Um, where did your fantastic run kick off from? Um, Hiran, do you want to kick off on that? Yeah, not a problem. So I joined the club about five years ago. Um, purely had an initial conversation with a gentleman called Hitesh Goswami, who was the overseas player at the time. Um, he's currently the head coach of Saurashtra, which is um, a domestic side in India. Um, he's also done some work with the Indian under-16 side as well. So we had a chat and I played some Sunday league cricket with him and he said, why didn't you come over and play some Saturday cricket at Crouch End? Um, I was looking to kind of develop from what I, from my point of view, and he was a great coach, um, and also just to kind of start enjoying my cricket again. Um, where had you been before? Yeah, so, where? so I've had a little spell at Tame Town um, in Oxford. Right. Um, I played a little bit of Colts cricket in East Coast in Ealing um, from the under 13s through to under 17s. Um, and then, yeah, just finished off at Tame Town for a couple of years and then was lucky enough to move to Crouch End with, with the hitman, they call him, Hitesh. Fantastic. And, and Pritesh, you joined a little bit, uh, and Pratik, you joined a little bit later, right? Is that, is that right? You, when did you join the club? Yeah, so um, I joined maybe a season and a half uh, after Hiran joined. Um, so my first ever cricket club was actually Ealing Cricket Club. I played all my Colts cricket there. I think I even captained some of the age groups. It was fantastic. Um, I think the season I left, um, I actually ended up taking a bag full of wickets for the seconds. Played, I think, a single game for the first team. And I think in my debut, I got a five-wicket five haul, which was fantastic. I think I got Paul Weeks out. Um, and I remember that quite, mm. quite keenly. Where I, um, uh, you, you must know Ned Eckersley took a stunning one-handed catch at backward point. So I had some fun memories. Yeah, yeah, I had some fun You didn't give Weeks here a send-off, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, fond memories uh, at Ealing Cricket Club. I then played um, a friendly game against Tame Town, uh, the, uh, the club that Hiran just mentioned, and um, got some runs against them. Their head coach, uh, Manoj Palmer, uh, actually similar to Hitesh, who... Uh, coached a and and actually played for a domestic team in India. Said he'd like me to come come along and you know see if uh, we'd like to work together and develop my skills in the home counties. 
I ended up playing there uh, for four or five seasons. Uh, Hiran came along for a little stint um, at Tame. Um, did really well um, as, a, as a team. We did reasonably well, got promoted to the, the Prem of the home counties. Uh, then jumped ships to Gerard's Cross, had a couple of seasons there. Um, played some minor county stuff for Bucks and, and that was great. But then um, Hiran gave me a call halfway through a, a second season where I was kind of thinking of packing up playing cricket because it got a bit too much you know kind of the four-day stuff with bucks and, and a full-time job was a bit difficult so Hiren said I should uh come and play with with the boys so to speak and uh, I earned an ard but um he convinced me to play a game uh I did with one off the last ball and um never looked back Fantastic. I mean, there's loads of things I want to ask you about there, Pratik. First of all, um, minor counties cricket. I mean, four days is that, that's that's heavy duty stuff, isn't it? What's your impressions of minor counties cricket? Is it, for example, at the same standard as as, as the county league top division? Is it better? Is it worse? What, what's your take on that? Um, so, so with my experience of playing that four day stuff, um, I think it. I think it's probably the same, if not slightly slightly better than the prem. Um, mm -hmm. You get obviously uh, more depth in the in the teams, and I think mainly the batters are are looking to bat a lot of time. I mean, they have aspirations of clearly trying to make it as professionals. And you know what the kind of main difference I saw is if someone got fifty, sixty, they would go on and get one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty, one hundred and seventy. And I think that happens, you know, more at the minor county level than it would do at the the Premier League kind of level. So. Um, it's quite close, but I think, yeah, the minor county cricket is, in my opinion, a very, very good standard. And how were Bucks doing when you were playing? Because Berkshire are the strongest side at the moment, aren't they? I mean, people like Chris Peplo have uh, built up a fantastic unit. Were, were Bucks really competitive? Uh, they were reasonably competitive. I mean, I played, I think, three or four four-day games. Um, I kind of got roped into, you know, wanting to play. But again, you know, I had a full-time job at that time, uh, just coming out of university and I kind of convinced my boss to let me play uh, sat, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then go to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So um, yeah, it was it was quite hard to balance, but um, we had a reasonably good team. We had a couple of couple of pros. We had um, a couple of the kind of leading run scorers in the home counties Premier, which was which was good, and we were competitive. But I don't think we won anything. Right, and that was my second question, really, about the home counties Premier. I've never never played any cricket in that league. Um, how, how does that compare to Middlesex? Obviously, it's an inexact science. Um, but mm -hmm. what, what, how would you, what, where would you start in comparing the two? There's certainly some good clubs in that league. Yeah, absolutely. The Henleys, the Banburys. Um, again, I think the main difference was the level of uh, professional players they were able to attract uh, for various reasons. You know, uh, the grounds and the facilities, I think, in the home counties have a reputation of being slightly better. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I was playing up against players like, I think Tim Payne played for Banbury and I played against uh, a Pakistani fast bowler. His name was Mohammed Tala. He played with us and, and then the year after he represented uh, Pakistan in a test match. There was a guy called Santoki that played for West Indies the same season that he played uh, in that league. So I think the main difference was the the professional players that were coming in and being attracted were we're making that league a very, very high standard. Yeah, just to, sorry, just to chip in on that one. Um, I think when we played that level as well, it was almost like the rules um, were similar all the way through the division. So you had the 120 overs um, all the way through the season, which kind of encouraged people to bat time, etc. So 
for the younger player as well, there was opportunities to kind of go on and get big scores and bowl loads of overs. And so what was 120 overs there? Um, here in, you have 60 win-lose? Win, yeah, similar, similar, no, similar to the format that we play, well, we will be playing in the Premier Division, where it's 120 overs, 11 a.m. starts um, and two breaks. Um, yeah, with right. a win-lose draw situation. And was there the similar sort of undercurrent as we've seen in Middlesex of people who wanted to play overs cricket or was that widely accepted as, as the way to go? I think there was a combination of both. So you had some youngsters who were still playing the T20 stuff in the midweek um, and then coming on a Saturday and finding it a really long day and hard to get through 60 overs of fielding. And then you had the other youngster who wanted to come in and run in and bowl 20 overs for the day. So it felt like... Um, a bit of a mixed bag, to be fair. But what almost sold it was the fact that there was overseas players around that, you know, were playing international cricket the following year. So it was almost like, yeah, this is the place you want it to be. Yeah. I remember, what's his name? Ashton Agar playing for Henley. And then Australia was short, so they brought him in for a test match. And I thought, yeah, that's not, that's not a bad Crazy. jump up. I'm sure the grounds are nice in the home counties league, but <laughs> Henley one week and a test match the next. That's, that's a phenomenal yeah, absolute leap for anyone to make. Um, going back to Crouch End, I was going to ask you about um, a, a bit more about your background, really. Um, I was going to sort of bring Sal in here because, of course, North London and Crouch End, not a million miles apart. Um, what's the view from North London on Crouch End's development, Sal? I mean, I think they sort of um, applaud what they've done in terms of where they were probably 10 years ago as a club. I, I mean, I can remember playing in a twos game against their twos and they barely got 10 men out on the pitch. So to have a team now that's playing Premier League cricket is a fantastic achievement. Um, I mean, in, in that area, we've obviously got Hornsey, North Mid, ourselves, and and Highgate and Croucham or Calford previously called have were always seen as the, you know, sort of you know the small little club perched just behind the big clubs. Really, um, never seen a threat, never seen as a club who could potentially play, you know, maybe win the county, let alone Premier Division cricket. So to see their rise from where they were, you know, going back a few years to where they are now is is you know it's, it's a great sort of model to follow, really, and. You know, myself, I'd take my hat off to them and say, well done and look forward to seeing them next year in the, in the Premier Division. And what, what happened with the name change, guys? I remember, is it Simon Tanner at, um, at Crouch End? And, and he, he, he was, I think he was saying that it was something about being able to market the club better if you were called Crouch End rather than Calthorpe. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So with, obviously, um, North Mid doing the Prem stuff, Highgate in the Prem, um, Hornsey just tapping on that door as well. There was obviously a massive catchment in terms of Colts going to those clubs. Um, so mm. every time you'd always put a Google search in, Calfort wasn't the word that was used. It was Crouch End because of the area. Um, so in order to kind of market the club more and attract the younger crowd and the Colts and the senior men um, and now ladies, we had to change the name to Crouch End Cricket Club. I'm really impressed by that. Somebody sat down and thought about this, haven't they? This is not an accidental sort of rise in terms of significance and what you've done. That's I mean, changing the name of the club to make it um, more attractive as a proposition would never even have occurred to me. Um, but clearly someone, someone did think about that. But was there an overall strategy? Did someone sit down and say, you know what, in five years' time, we could be in the Premier League? Or, or was, was a lot of this sort of serendipitous? That was the line that Hiran uh, used on me when he lured me and he said, in five years how amazing would it be if we were playing Premier League cricket? And I laughed him off and I'm sure so many people laughed him off, but that is literally... He's obviously a man to take seriously, isn't he? Fair play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And look, for me personally, when I joined in the first season, um, when you see a little youngster or a colt coming through into the cot, we call it, the first club you look at is North Mid, rightfully, because they've done some amazing things and, you know, really produced those Middlesex players. Um, you then went on and went to Highgate. Then there was Hornsey around the back of the cot, then North London, and then little old Crouch End. And I think for me, it was um, the facilities are great. We've got the coaching facility. We've got everything in terms of the foundation is set with some great senior people. Um, it was just grabbing hold of the opportunity, to be fair. And how many sides do you run there? Um, we're up to five. Um, and with wow. this season, we were able to even put three Sunday sides out as well at times with the MDL a cup competition and um, the Sunday friendly side. So three yeah, Sundays, next so you freaks, you, you freaks. We can't get one at Twickenham. <laughs> <laughs> that is really very impressive. Yeah, I think, and the club have done some amazing things. Like we work with the local council as well in terms of attracting youngsters. So over the last couple, well, this season, especially we've had um, kids that have, uh, you know, come in from Afghanistan and places like that. And India, where, you know, they're looking for a local club, they haven't, their parents are not quite set up and the council have helped, you know, these youngsters find a club. And um, cool. kind of something that we look at in terms of our values, in terms of being really inclusive and being able to attract these kids and, you know, not, you know, selling them the actual cricket and enjoying playing and being around people and kind of growing up as an adult. And that's something that, you know, is um, quite important to us as a club. Well, it sounds fantastically impressive. And one question I always have for you guys in, in, in the cot, um, do particular clubs recruit from particular parts of your neighbourhood, as it were? Or is that just, it doesn't work like that? You, you all recruit from the, same, from the same pond, as it were? Uh, I, would, I would love to take a couple of the North Mid boys. Yeah, no doubt. But, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think I, I, it would be really interesting to see, if I'm really honest with you, like we've only gone through kind of the back-to-back -back promotions last two seasons. So it'd be interesting to see if we get other clubs attracting us. Um, it would be well, interesting yeah. to see how that all pans out over this season. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if there's a little man like Jalpesh Vijay, who's going to smash 1,200 runs in a season, you never know. <laughs> yeah, well, 1,200 runs makes an impact, doesn't it? That's, that, that's for sure. Um, in terms of overseas players as well, Tom Scully played for you last year. He's um, you are a proven track record in the county league. Um, what was his impact on the side? Quite a funny story about Tom, actually. So Tom um, obviously has his cricket mentoring business. And um, I, re I think three years ago, took a team, like an academy team from the UK to India for about 10 days to, to, to master the art of playing spin. And Jalpesh was a part of that team. And, um, you know, we did some really amazing work out there. And um, I actually reached out to Tom three or four years ago to say, hey, would you mind running some seminars while, while we're out in India? And he said he'd be delighted to. We did some um, kind of mental awareness, um, you know, habits and routine classes all um, on Skype, et cetera, while we were based in India. And that relationship grew from there. He came to London uh, in 2018. And um, I said, look, you know, it would be an absolute pleasure um, to kind of obviously catch up, but also for you to spend some time with our cults. Um, and, you know, again, for me, I think it's using the resources around you. So we opened up a whole day for our Colts to come and spend some time with him. We ended up having 60 kids at the club. Um, it was a weekday. The parents were there. It was amazing. And he absolutely loved it. So 
when obviously we found out that potentially uh, he would be in London the following year, um, you know, having that relationship with him, I said, I would love for you to spend some time with our first 11 batters, second 11 batters to really pick your brains. And he said, look, potentially I might be around to play um, and coach you guys and, and you know, be a part of something potentially amazing. He obviously was aware of what Crouch End was doing and, and the direction it was going. And, and so he decided to join. So, um, yeah, it was really amazing for us that he decided. That's such fantastic. And, and he's, um, I mean, I often wonder people like Tom, does he ever sort of fall out of love with cricket? Because cricket, is, it, there's so much of it going on in his life. But, but the sound of it, he doesn't know. He's a, he's a super enthused type of guy, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think he does it, uh, as, as, he's, as you've mentioned, he does it as a living. Um, and he's so open to everyone talking about cricket, um, picking his brains. Sometimes you meet professionals and they don't want to talk about cricket after the game, while Skulls right. will definitely take the time out. <laughs> Skulls will definitely take the time out to give you five minutes or 10 minutes of your time. Um, he loves to talk about the situation of the game, um, the moments when it's tough. But the most important thing what Skulls would always teach you is that you have a bad day and don't worry about it. You go again. Um, and that was kind of what he kind of lives and breathes a little bit. And yeah, he was, he was tremendous at the club. Couldn't say a bad word about him. But that's so right. So some people you do think they've got so much ability, but I don't think they like the game very much. I think they go through the motions and, and it's probably because they played so much cricket and been so focused on it that, that they, they struggle to actually look enthusiastic about it. And so it's great to see that Tom's, um, Tom's not one of those. I mean, I got the impression he wasn't, to be honest. You know, yeah. He's, and he's Dan, got... just to kind of, sorry, Dan, just to add on that as well, he's got, um, he's got his, um, he's done some video work where he's mic'd himself up when he's gone out to bat for us this season. So oh, obviously right. he took permission of the club. Um, and he's got it all over his um, social media at the minute with cricket mentoring. And he actually mics himself up and gives you a real good insight into batting, his approach, ball by ball. And it's something that a young player or a youngster should definitely take the time to kind of watch. Um, he, it, was, it was good fun having him do that as well. <laughs> and where can we access that? That's on his own website, right? Yeah, if you follow the YouTube link on Cricket Mentoring, um, you just subscribe, yep. which is free, and um, all his videos are uploaded on there. I saw a wonderful, slightly tangential, tangential point. Glenn Maxwell was mic'd up the other week. Did you see that, guys, when he was batting? And um, he was run out, and he, he sort of talks you through the actual moment when he's getting run out, and he was like, you know, one or two words in there that are a bit fruity. Um, but it's a fantastic sort of five seconds where he's like, oh dear, this is not happening. Full length dive and he's out by, you know, he's out by sort of two or three centimetres. But it's, it's quite a nice bit of TV, um, even if you say yeah. one or two words in there that perhaps we couldn't say on the, uh, on the airwaves. Um, Sal, I was going to come back to you on, you watch a lot of cricket, we know that. You'll have seen more as an outsider of Crown Chen than most. What, what, what's the tail of the tape as far as you're concerned here? What, what, why have they done as well as they've done? Um, one good leadership, obviously, with Heron and Pratik, who I think done fantastically well in terms of managing the team and, you know, looking after some, you know, potentially, um, you know, talented individuals, but mould them into sort of team players as well. Um, good experience, people like Ryan Cunningham playing, um, obviously Pratik and Heron themselves. And they've got some good young players who are sort of like keen and trying to break through and sort of playing high levels, I imagine, you know, sort of like 20 plus. Uh, the brand of crickets were very positive. You know, they always look at their attack teams from the off. Obviously, with Jal Pesh, who's, you know, gets them off to a fly nine times out of ten normally. 
again, within the style, there's a good balance of players like Pratik, who I've seen back quite a few times. And he's a real, you know, he's like the glue to the innings when I've seen him play. He's got a very level head, good stroke run, good stroke player. And I think having Tom this year was a massive plus for them guys because having that experience of a player who's played in the league before at the highest level, um, experience of playing obviously for Middlesex, knows the league really well, was probably just what they needed, I imagine. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure they admit themselves without him, promotion this year wouldn't have been as, I suppose, uh, comfortable as it was in the end. And uh, just having him in the team just for his you know, off the, off the pitch sort of uh, knowledge alongside what you can do on the pitch. Yeah, I was going to say, what do, you, what do you make of what Sal said there? Dan, I was going to actually completely agree with Sal. I think so going into the season, we felt like we would do okay because of the team uh, that we had. I mean, a couple of points that we could potentially discuss here. So, um, I mean, we can go into the recruitment part of, you know, what our process is about recruitment later on or whenever you want. But with the Tom Scolle signing, um, what makes him special is he's a mentor, friend and leader. And we really, really, really did feel and agreeing with Sal that we, we, we needed something um, or someone with that Premier League experience to get us through the season. Um, and him coming on board was the final piece of the puzzle for us. He, um, I've got a story, actually, that I can share. that um, I hadn't scored 100 the season before. Um, and I was scoring 350, 400 runs. I was kind of moving up and down the order. I didn't quite find my game for a little while, I almost lost my mojo. And I think the second week Tom arrived, uh, I said, hey, Tom, look, you know, can we spend some time in the nets? And I think two days, yeah, two days after he got back to me saying, how about Friday? We went into the nets on Friday. We did some throwdowns. And um, this was before the Enfield game. And after his kind of 40-minute session with him, I felt a million dollars. And the very next day, I scored 135 runs, um, you know, 50% more than what I did last year and um, I took four wickets the same day and, and that just kind of demonstrates his value it wasn't his 590 runs because you know he's an outstanding batsman there's no doubt about that however what he got out of myself Jalpesh uh, there's a lad called Chetan, Davil, Pujan all of these batters in the top five or six um, I don't know if you've seen the stats but I think our batters had a very good season Mm. Um, all scoring four or five hundred runs, and that was no coincidence that you know, Scully was batting at four and five for us, kind of bridging that gap for us. Well, I was going to ask a question about that. I mean, I, I remember um, as an outsider looking in that, that you started the season as a club strongly, and then you had the blip's not the right word. You, you lost a few, um, and then through the through the time cricket, you you were really robust. Now I haven't got the the, the stats right in front of me now, but I'm thinking you won seven games. Um, and winning seven games in time cricket is pretty impressive stuff. So is it that your time cricket naturally suits what you do? I mean, given that you've got a minor counties background, um, Pratik, it sounds like it might do for you. Um, but does the club sort of naturally fit there? Or is it just a case that you did have a blip with some of the limited over stuff and you know, want to be even better there? What's the story between the two formats that we have? Does one suit you a bit better than the other? Yeah, so look, I think there was a couple of bits to it. So the blip, yeah, definitely those two losses were bad at the time. But the the key kind of moment for us in that period or that phase was Skulls and the likes of Ryan as seniors just kind of pulling us together, saying, yes, we are going to be on a tough journey and don't, you know, every week expect to win because um, you've got to put in the work to do that. So that was a big piece around that as well. 
The second point being that actually for clubs in Div 2 and 3, the biggest learning for me is that actually the time format is not that different to yep. the 45 over stuff. Um, it's not that many more overs different. Um, yes, the result um, in terms of chasing and the points and the way that works is slightly different. I get granted, but we gambled a little bit in that little phase as well and that paid off. Um, but yeah, we kind of just stuck to our guns a little bit and worked even harder because we knew that it, it's meant to be hard. Cricket is not, you know, it's not one of them days where you're just, everything's going to go your way. Um, yeah, so I think the hard work more than anything got us through that little phase. Yeah, and just to build on that, Dan, um, th those two games that we lost, um, there was a little bit of complacency that, that cre crept into the team, a tiny bit. And um, this is where Scolay and Ryan, you know, we literally sat down after, a, um, after those two defeats and went, right, I think Scolay turned around and said, look, you guys are a, a very good outfit, but it just doesn't, you know, you've got to put in the work and you've got to be professional about how you're going about things. If you want to play Premier League cricket, then start acting like you want to. And that, that little conversation he had with the whole team, I don't think a single person, and this is really small, but a single person wasn't late to the ground after the whole season. Uh, we had a meet start at 11 o'clock and people were turning up at 10.45 just to you know, get there early and make sure we're not late. So those small things changed after those two defeats. So quite honestly, it was a blessing in disguise. I think it often is, isn't it? It just wakes you up a bit. And I, I think complacency is a horrible word. You know, sometimes you lose. <laughs> it happens. Um, and I think dealing with that is, is a, a great way to channel the mind and make sure that you, you concentrate on the five percenters. I thought your point that hearing about strategy was really interesting because when the year that Twickenham went up to the Premier League for the first time, um, we didn't draw a single game all season and it was 18 games when the draw was in. Um, and we, we decided that the way to do it was bat first, put as many runs as, as we could on the board and declare it 50 and say, yeah, okay, guys, you go for it. You know, if, if you want to go for it, you might win the game. If you don't want to go for it, you get one point. And what's the Absolutely. point of bothering for one point? Uh, and we found that the best way to play the, the cricket was to get it with time cricket. Just score as many runs as we could and then say to the opposition, best of British, away you go. And I say, we didn't draw a single game that season. Um, and and I, think, I think people forget that in the end, if, if you bat well and you bowl well, you tend to win. Agree. Couldn't agree more. You know, it, it, it ain't rocket science. You know. Will this change next year? I wanted to sort of ask you then about, about sort of 2020. And um, clearly it's going to be a massive year for the club. And I'm, you know, I'm really pleased to see, to see sides that have got similar background to ours do well. Um, and I'm intrigued to know what the aims are. I mean, I, I guess the aims are, first of all, to stay up. But, but what then? What, what are you expecting to find? How are you going to deal with it? I think from a club perspective, um, the vision is almost, will stay something similar in terms of we always want to be that inclusive club that can attract youngsters to not only help them grow in terms of their cricket, but as a life in life as well and support them through that. Um, and I think the biggest thing is, yeah, just like you've mentioned, there's clubs that have gone up and down. Um, I'll be very open and honest and say that we don't want to be one of those clubs that go up and down. Um, we, we want to mm. go there and compete. Um, I could easily sit here and say, I hope that we do well next year, but yes, we do want to compete. Um, so yeah, we, we look forward to that. Um, and there's so much kind of, I, I call it the luxuries, but there's so many good things that could come out of next season. The fact that we get to play, um, North mid, um, after all these years from a kid, when I joined the club to look around left and right, and now we get to play him in the prem. 
Um, so that all those exciting moments as well for next year will be good. Uh, but yeah, I think hopefully that answers your question about where we want to see it next year. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, the one, I mean, I, I didn't play much Premier League cricket at all. I sort of stepped down from the first 11 when we, when we got up to the Premier League. Um, and one thing I remember is that James Keatley from Teddington said to me that there can be some weeks where it goes against you. You know, when, when Ealing have got, you know, their side out and when North Midlands and Tampa have got their side out, it's probably going to be a tough week. But there will be weeks where you've got a chance to gain some points and you just got to make sure you get points then. Um, and it might well be against one of the better sides, but I reckon that there's going to be more days where it's just not your day. But, but forget them. M move on to the days where you can actually get something out of the game. And if you do that, then, then we found at Twickenham that, that, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you know, you can get yourself onto a run. And particularly in the centre of the season, if you, if you keep winning games and other teams are drawing, then, you know, sort of tough starts can quite easily become promising mid-seasons. Um, so keep at it is the simple message that we, we found. Um, and the difference is big, but it's not that big. You know, if you played minor counties cricket, then, then Premier League cricket won't, you know, won't scare you out your boots. So just go in and be positive would be what we, I'd say we learned from having, having two shots of that because we, we were one of those yo-yo clubs. Um, and be confident and be positive and do what you do. Moving on, though. I was going to ask you something else, actually, something much more significant, folks. We're hearing rumours that, and, and there are only rumours, and, and you, can, you can look to substantiate these, or, or of course say it's not true, that, that Crouch End are a, quite a well-coiffured team. Would, would this be right? We're, <laughs> we're hearing malicious gossip that there are significant numbers of hairdryers in the dressing room. It, it, can you talk to me, folks? <laughs> What's going on here? Well, I've got no hair, so it can't be me. So he's got, <laughs> we've got to talk to the vice captain here. Pratik, what on earth is going on? Yeah, look, um, great question. So as part of our recruitment process, uh, we first checked the specs <laughs> of their hairdryers, which is very, very important. Uh, but no, quite honestly, and, and this goes, it goes back down to a little bit of our recruitment. We don't just recruit people with hair, but um, we've, just got, we've just got a bunch of friends that play cricket together. And, you know... Um, there, there is a, um, I think I've spoken to Sal about this uh, uh, a little while ago, that we, me, Hiran and I actually played in a Sunday league, right? It was called the Middlesex oh, yeah, yeah. Premier Cricket League. Um, and yeah, and it was a very high standard. And, and we played with 70% of the players that play in our team now played in that league, either with us or against us. And um, that league actually had a best 11 that used to represent and play other yeah. leagues if that makes sense. And we always did, we always did well. And we used to joke around and say, imagine if we had the facilities to go and play and compete against Premier League cricket or, you know, Premier League teams. Just imagine if we could do it. And we always laughed it off and joked it, kind of joked around. But when Hiran joined and, and then became captain of Crouch End, it became part of our recruitment process that we've got a bunch of friends that should be playing a very high level of cricket, but haven't played. So Jalpesh, for example, I actually, I found Jalpesh in a park in Perivale. Well, I was going to say, what's Jalpesh's background? Because I know his stats, and his stats are off the radar. But where does he come from? What's his cricket yeah, in history? So he, um, so he moved to the UK maybe nine or ten years ago um, due to family circumstances. I think his parents moved here. I think he was tipped to actually play domestic cricket in India. Uh, so he moved here when he was right. kind of 19, 20 years old. Um, he was playing the same, same Sunday league cricket as we were. And... I saw him in I saw him in a game probably seven years ago in the, in Perivale Park and I think me and Hiran were there and I went Hiran this guy this kid is awesome and Hiran laughed me off saying 
him. I, he doesn't look like a cricketer. And I went, no, here and there's something seriously, <laughs> there's something seriously good with this, with this guy. And we invited him, long story short, we invited him to a net and he absolutely hammered everyone everywhere. Um, uh, you know, and then I, yeah, I asked him to come and play with us at this, you know, in the Sunday league team that we played in. Um, and that was the same with people like Sedge, who's a very good left arm spinner, Pujan, Davul. Uh, we've got two Dipala brothers who played, I think one of them played for West Hearts. Um, the other one's a very good cricketer. And, and yeah, that, that was part of our initial recruitment process that we actually had a bunch of friends that played cricket together with hair. Um, you know, let, let's, just get them on, <laughs> let's just get them on board. And that's, and that's exactly what we did. And so do most of those guys still play in that Sunday league? Or, or is, that, is that drifted away a bit now? Yeah, so um, because we won the league so many times and... And also that league is quite stagnant in terms of, you know, it is part, it was like kind of uh, playing in public grounds yeah. and um, now having the opportunity to play Division 2 and now Prem Cricket, you know, we also obviously play in the National Knockout, etc. Um, most of us boys don't play that cricket anymore. We still go and play now and again just because, you know, they're family clubs and we've kind of been brought up there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we don't play that cricket much anymore. But yeah, all of our time's invested at playing or, you know, kind of towards Crouch End. Yeah, I mean, I get that. The reason I ask is, of course, the challenge of, of Sunday cricket. I'm really impressed that you guys now run three sides because um, because it's quite hard to get guys to play Saturdays and Sundays for perfectly understandable reasons. You know, families, kids, jobs, other stuff. Um, but we, we we've certainly struggled in in, in South West Middlesex to, um, to to get to get sides out on a Sunday. And you know, and if, if, we, if we've pushed our first team to play on Sundays, we'd have divorces left, right, and centre. This would happen. Um, but, but you guys, a lot of the guys do play Sunday cricket, is that right? Um, with Crouch End, or is that a different sort of setup, your Sunday, your Sunday teams? No, to be fair, we get the majority of the lads that play on a Saturday, first 11 game on a Saturday, will be playing the Sunday stuff as wow. well. And again, to Pratik's point, and we'll probably repeat ourselves a little bit, is the fact that we're mates and that we get to play together. And if you're going to spend a Sunday um, with your mates, you may as well do it you know on a cricket field to have fun at the same time doing it so it's all kind of worked out in that way um and the biggest fortunate thing that we're lucky enough that we've got a bunch of lads that are between the ages of 20 and 25 yeah. so quite a young side um who work monday to friday and kind of give their time to cricket on the weekend so we're lucky in that respect but it's also good to have a culture that's welcoming to partners as well and welcoming to friends isn't it that people over and above the 11 folks on the pitch want to be round, and i'm guessing that's the case isn't it yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky that a lot of, like, I'm married myself, a few of the boys um, that are married as well, our wives get together and come down to the ground. Um, we're lucky enough that there is a structure at the club um, where it's open to anyone to kind of come and watch the game and, you know, have a drink or uh, get some food, all those kind of bits. So, yeah, we're able to attract um, people and our wives and whoever else that want to come along. That's important. Yeah, I mean, I think just... Yeah, Dan, just to build on what Hiran's saying is um, when we were appointed as captain and vice captain back in 2016 or 2015, um, it was about creating a little bit of a new culture. Um, you know, kind of, these kind of things don't happen by themselves. Obviously, we identified that we needed young, committed players to get us up the leagues and then obviously blend that in with a bit of experience. Um, but yeah, I think the special thing about Crouch End is that we've been able to create an atmosphere that Everyone enjoys others' success. Like, honestly, and, I, and I've, again, I've played at other fantastic clubs and, um, you know, four or five, I even played at East Coast for a little while when I was younger. And, 
the thing that's really special and unique about Crouch End is that you come back after a game and the second team, the third team, the fourth team, the fifth team are all there. And you've probably seen the success is not just with the first team, like some clubs may be. Our second team, we've got two promotions. Our third team have had two promotions. I think this year we had four promotions out of five. Um, and that's only because we've created this culture where other people's success is just as, or if not more important than your own. Um, and that's been fantastic. Obviously, the rise of the club being led on, on the pitch itself, but who, who, who off the pitch has had an impact in terms of you guys, you know, become the club that you are nowadays? There's a few lads. I'd love to mention them. So I think Charlie Logan, who is our groundsman, a little bit of a mentor to myself. I could always reach out to him at any point. He was a previous captain of the club um, many a year ago, but he's able, he's kind of given up. He, he works, he's semi-retired and he spends all his time at the ground kind of helping us with that side. And then James Jenkins has been a massive kind of influence. He was a previous captain, um, took me well. He helped in me moving to the club and kind of helped supported myself all the way through this little journey. And Pratik, yeah, yeah, just to kind of build on that very, yeah, just to kind of build on that. So obviously, um, Hiran mentioned Peter and, and Charlie and uh, James, but Simon Tanner, Ranil and Omar, they're great custodians of the club because they all have the mindset of great leaders where one, they set the example, um, but two, as Hiran mentioned, they do hundreds of unpaid hours dedicated to the club. Um, but more importantly, what they've done is embrace the concept of change. So they've learned, you know, they're awesome at communicating with Hiran and I really honestly, very transparent, and it kind of taught us to make the best of any situation. So them guys have been fantastic and this wouldn't have been possible without them. I, must, I remember Simon from um, Middlesex Championship meetings, what, 15 years or so ago. And, um, you know, the, the, the club that, that you're describing now is, is a different club to what it was 15 years ago. And people have got to embrace change and it isn't easy. Sometimes folks, folks like me, you know, old farts, you know, change is a, is a dangerous thing and change challenges what you think you have. So to see some of those guys, you know, embrace it and, and help you get where you are, it's fantastic. And it's, it should hopefully be um, evidence for other clubs that, you know, you can make progress if you think about it, get a strategy in place uh, and work a bit harder. What I was going to finish on though, guys, was our traditional quick fire round, okay? I think it's about, about 10 questions. Um, Sal and I will, will, will take it in turns. We want the first thing that comes into your head, okay? My suggestion is, Hiran, you take first go at this, and then, um, yep. yeah, in particular, you immediately come in with, with your answer. I'll be interested to see if you say the same things, okay? Hmm. So, Sal, do you want to kick off? Sounds good. Yeah, I'll go first if you want to. Um, so, first question, guys. Limited overs or timed cricket? Hiran. Timed cricket. Limited overs. Oh, already we got a bit, a, a bit of controversy. Good stuff. I, I'm, I'd really like to ask you why, but I'm going to leave that. I'm going to resist. Second one. Kohli or Tendulkar? Tendulkar. Kohli, definitely. Why? Okay. Oh, I will ask why. I'll break a rule there. Yeah, uh, I, I just... So, yeah, go on. Are you, are you asking me, Dan, or are you asking... Yeah, Pratik, uh, you, yeah, you, you kick off on that one. Why, why, why Kohli? I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought as much. Um, I just think <laughs> Kohli's able to do it in multiple different formats consistently... Um, you know, the captaincy of Indian cricket has not had any impact on his game. In fact, it's had the complete opposite. And being able to captain such a powerhouse in international cricket and then 
go and score the volume of runs he has is is unbelievable. And I'm pretty confident that he'll beat the 100 hundreds that Sachin's set. Do you want to come back on that, Heron? Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he's still about 30,000 runs behind him, though. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, that's a fair comment. That's a fair comment. We'll leave that there, guys. We, we could be here for hours if, if we let out one run. Um, Sal? Um, next one is beach or adventure holiday? Adventure holiday. Yeah, me too. Recently travelled to Peru for a few weeks, which was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Instagram. Okay. Next one. Um, Test match special or Sky Sports team? Sky Sports team. Yeah, the same Sky Sports team. That's interesting. So we asked some of the North Mid, uh, uh, one of the North Mid guys last week, and he was very much TMS. Okay, in intriguing. Um, MCCL or Home Counties League? That's MCCL. A, it's a tough question, I grant you, given that you're on the MCCL podcast, but. <laughs> I'll keep uh, my um, loyalties. <laughs> Sensible answer, I mean, maybe. I've, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed my time in the MCCL because I'm playing with my friends. But the home counties Premier League was a, a very, very high standard. And they are different. Products. I hope you get a couple of bumpers early doors. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach you. I can see someone saying that. that at 85 miles an hour. Cool, Sam. Okay, um, next one, guys. Is um Bollywood or Hollywood? Bollywood. Oh, no, I'm more of a Hollywood guy. You can tell with the hair and the glasses, <laughs> for, you, for those that know me. But isn't the Bollywood, aren't the stories all quite similar? I mean, I'm, I'm not a Bollywood expert, but every time I watch Bollywood films, it's sort of, you know, romance, someone scorned, then they all come back together and the world's wonderful. <laughs> or is that just a bit, is that just me being a complete sort of, you know? You know That's life true. as well, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> that's a oh, fair listen, I wish my life was like that. My <laughs> life is not like that, so. Yeah, yeah, my wife's not got, my life has not got so many beautiful people in it. I'll be honest, Bollywood is full of beautiful people in it. Moving on. <laughs> um, touching bats or fist pumps? Or touching bats. Yeah, touching bats too. We even got Tom Scully doing that. Did you? Does anyone shake hands anymore? Was that just like 1950s? Yeah, very rarely. <laughs> Me and Sal, if we batted together, we'd probably shake hands if we ever scored any runs. Um, cool. <laughs> we, yeah, which leads on to the next one. The next one is um, taking five wickets or scoring a century. Oh, I'm a bowler. It's taking five wickets all day long. <laughs> uh, well, hearing can't say much about scoring hundreds, so um, I could tell you about both. But, um, oh, I like it. Nice uh, job. That's well, good. Yeah, I mean, the score, scoring 100 is so much more harder than picking five wickets. Like, you know, I, yeah, I appreciate people score, scoring 100. So scoring 100 all day, every day. Fantastic. And last one, Ryan Cunningham, better at dancing or better at sledging? <laughs> A dancer, by all means. Pratty? Love it. I think, Love it. Uh, yeah, I think... I, I, I mean, he's a, he's a good dancer, but his sledging is hilarious because he thinks uh, any batsman that he sees can't bat. So his sledging is hilarious. Anyone that can bat, he'll tell them he can't. So, so sledging, I, definitely. I find sledging fascinating because some of the people I know do the most sledging haven't got a goddamn clue what they're going on about. You know, they just rattle on and on and on. <laughs> and, the, 
And often the best sledges are the ones who come up once in a blue moon with the absolute killer line. Um, and I, I don't know Ryan very well at all, but um, it sounds like his sledging is, um, you know, he's keen, isn't he? He's keen on the sledging, which is, um, which I think is all part of it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where he's like dancing towards the batsmen and, and sledging them at the same time. So he does both in one. Oh, Sal used to do that for North London. <laughs> or am I doing you a disservice, Sal? Maybe I am. And never, never took never took that wicket for dance. <laughs> cool. Is it, guys, last sort of sentence, really. Is there anything you want to finish with? What, what, what would you sort of conclude from your time at Crouch and your time in cricket? How would you want to round it up? Uh, yeah, look, for me personally, I think my time at Crouch End, I would love to see um, a young kid kind of come through the Crouch End ranks, uh, finish a game at Middlesex and say, yeah, this weekend I'm going to be playing at Crouch End. Fantastic. Because that's his home club. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds really good. Pratik? Yeah, for me too. Um, look, I think I'm at Crouch End, I want to create an atmosphere and a culture where players feel welcome. I've gone from club to club to club and, you know, Again, going back to our recruitment and people joining and, you know, I, I think I've heard r rumours and people say that, oh, why is this person playing at Crouch End? Why is that person not playing, Crouch, you know, playing at Crouch End? But the truth is, Crouch End is just a special place to play because we, you know, we understand people and we want to create an atmosphere that's inclusive and, and gets everyone involved. And, and that's what I love, love about the club. And, and, you know, that's what I'm going to promote to any player that potentially wants to join Crouch End, you know, um, you can be a part of the family rather than just be a part of the sports team. Fantastic. Well, very yeah. best of luck next year, folks. I mean, it seems like a, a you know incredible journey that, that you guys are on. And, you know, clubs do go into the Premier League and make an impact. You know, North Mid, not so long ago, were not a Premier League club. In fact, they were Division 3 club not so long ago. So, um, you know, we all know where they are now. So, no harm in dreaming, I guess. Yeah. Um, thanks again for your time, folks. Um, we will no doubt catch up through the 2020 season. And uh, go well. No, thank you very much, um, Dan. I hope these podcasts do really well. It's been good being on here and um, sharing our thoughts. And it's a great kind of platform and channel for kind of other clubs to get involved as well. And hopefully um, many more to listen to this kind of thing, these podcasts. Well, just as a, as a final point on this, when the season starts, we'll, we'll probably do them weekly, I think. Um, because we've got cricket to talk about. Um, but through the winter, we're looking, <laughs> you know, once every two or three weeks. Um, but certainly as the season gets up and up and running, we hope that people uh, will, will sort of tune in on their commute to work just to hear a little bit more about what's been going on on, uh, in, on Saturday afternoons in Middlesex. Good. Good Fantastic. Stuff. Fellas, thanks very much for your time. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night.